Howdy. What's going on? Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. It is heard live every day, by the way, from noon until 3 on WBT Radio in Charlotte. And if you want exclusive content, invitations to events, the weekly live stream, my daily show prep with links, become a patron. Go to thepetecalendarshow.com. This podcast is also supported by North Carolina businesses, so please consider supporting them. Try not to skip through their short ad. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to get every episode for free right to your smartphone or tablet. And thanks so much for your support. Week on short notice, preparing for the show being lengthy, process, tougher when you have less time. He's done a remarkable job. Yes, I, I didn't write this about myself, by the way. This is Pete. He's being nice to me. But nonetheless, Pete's a pro. The entire staff at WBT, staying on top of things. Pleasure, honor to help and, and be a part of things. Just wanted to let you know. So, that being said, we can move along. And thank you, Tommy, for what you just did. Appreciate that very much. Now, you know, as I was kind of looking around uh, at, at, at the issues of the day and, and, and reflecting, because I, I get to do a lot of that and... Um, in, in just normal day-to-day life, it's part of what I write and reflect and look and, and observe and, and talk and cogitate. And it's it's amazing to me, on the one hand, that the country's still amazing. There's so much worthwhile in this nation. But there's there's aspects of it that we've become a nation of squirrel people. And and I, and it's interesting because on the day that we celebrate a marmot, uh, a Groundhog Day, who I guess he did see a shadow, no more winter, you know, winter's canceled because of a marmot. Descended from a badger in Germany, by the way, Groundhog Day, the origins of which from the Germans, I guess they looked around, couldn't find a badger, found a groundhog, said Pennsylvania will do this. Fascinating that that's sexy and topical, right? Or Taylor Swift or uh, the Super Bowl or TikTok or The Bachelor or, uh, you know, if Trump has a trial and says something, it's it's just the, the, the infinite capacity for the mentality of a squirrel is what captivates our hearts and minds. We're fascinated by it. If, you know, at, at You'll see a video go viral on any kind of social media platform. The next day, it's, it's a, a human interest story on Fox News. I'll give you a, a good example of that. A young girl in Australia comes outside, finds her hamster, gerbil, one of those little furry critters, uh, rodents that people keep. Uh, I, I don't remember exactly which one, but a snake grabbed it. And she, she and, and it's all, all on tape. She grabs it, starts slinging this snake around like it's like it's a soap on a rope. I mean, there's a there's a, a rodent on the end of it, guinea pig. I think it's guinea pig. So she's swinging around, and her da- it finally she bashes this thing into like a, a toy in the yard. The dog's having the best time in the world seeing this going on, and then the dad comes out after the snake and the uh, the critter are detached, and she throws the snake into the neighbor's yard. Now, all reports are snake's fine, critter's fine, daughter's fine, dad's fine, dog's still happy. But that became our human interest story of the day the next day on Fox News. In the morning, they had the girl from Australia, live from Australia, across the planet Earth. Hey, how'd it go with the snake? And the the whatever, the critter. On Groundhog Day, we're talking about one rodent comparing it to a marmot, I guess. But that's the kind of fascinating, and it's neat to have that, but now I think we're perpetually fascinated with five-second stories. I am personally astounded at the Taylor Swift phenomenon. Not that I have anything against, pro or against. I don't care if she likes it. She's young. She's. I saw an interview with her parents. She's crying about the gay rights stuff. And it's just bizarre because she's just not great songwriter probably. Obviously built a billion-dollar songwriting empire, but not politically deep. 
And she's just not. And you can listen to it, and it comes across as very she's very naive and sheltered. But but the the public's obsession with that. You know, I'm used to the British being obsessed with their royalty, and and to a lesser extent, America kind of got into that with the Kennedys and and Camelot and all these you know this fictitious view of the world. But it was it was more at a distance. It was more like you would see it in a fashion magazine or GQ or something like that. But now our infinite capacity to just instantly be distracted. And so the issues like the border are not sexy. 7, 10, 12 million people flooding across the southern border, not sexy. Known terrorists getting into the country. You know what's sexy? When they do something. Not that they're wandering around aimlessly in the country for a year. Or that we have terror cells operating in the country. That's not sexy. They do something. They tear down a building. They blow up something. Then it's interesting. But the fact that they're coming here doesn't seem to disturb the preponderance of Americans. I think it's an issue that polls well, meaning that people are bothered at a distance. Here in North Carolina, we are. Our governor and our attorney general, Josh Stein, the aspiring governor, the AG, so to speak, they, you follow their social feeds, you would not know that a border issue exists. This issue is polling so badly for Democrats, they want to act like it does not exist. It is the, the abortion issue for the Republicans, meaning that the Democrats think they're going to flush this election down with the abortion issue and, and call it reproductive freedom. They've poll tested, mother approved. It's reproductive freedom. It's not abortion. Abortion isn't polling well, but reproductive freedom does. And so the Democrats, you'll see Roy Cooper and Josh Stein, hey, I filed this lawsuit for a, a abortion drug or whatever. And they won't say that. Reproductive freedom. Governor Cooper, Black History Month. It's uh, all about, hey, how many people can we shove into a Medi- Medicare, Medicaid program? How much more can I expand? Government schools are important. Let's invest. They always use the word invest instead of spending taxpayer money, don't they? They, they use the word, they use, they use code words. And I don't mean that in a dog whistle kind of way. What I'm saying is they... They use language that is that is handpicked and selected far more than Republicans do. Republicans kind of – you may not agree with it. A lot of conservatives, they tell you how they feel. Rand Paul, I'll guarantee you Rand Paul doesn't go out and say, hey, what's the uh, poll say on what I'm going to say here? He doesn't. He is who he is. He gives you – and that's what I think a lot of people like about Donald Trump is kind of says how he feels. I think that's what a lot of people like about Mark Robinson. He says what he feels. He gets a lot of attention by saying how he feels. Dale Falwell, another great candidate, says how he feels. You don't have to worry. They don't poll test the things that they say. But so many people on the left do. And you see it in Governor Cooper. You see it in Josh Stein. You see it when they repeat the same phrase over and over and over again. Now, there are phrases that captivate our attention, and they become things like that. But uh, the Middle East, the economy, the border, you know, Iran, I just, just eyes glaze over. Nobody cares. What happened on The Bachelor this week? All right. Do the current world events have you wondering whether we are teetering on the edge of catastrophe? Are you concerned it's going to reach our shores? Okay. So what are you doing about your concerns? Let me help. Carolina Readiness Supply at carolinareadiness.com. Whether you're looking to expand your emergency preparedness supplies or you have no idea where to even begin, Carolina Readiness Supply can help you. Food, water purifiers, tools, first aid kits, instructional materials, camping and hiking supplies even. Because being prepared is just smart. Carolina Readiness Supply has 2,000 square feet of supplies and educational materials that you'll need for any kind of emergency. In Waynesville and always at carolinareadiness.com, veteran-owned Carolina Readiness Supply. Will you be ready when the lights go out? I'm your guest 
host, Chad Adams, sitting in for Pete Callender, who will be back at the microphone Monday. And appreciate the opportunity, as always, to be a part of this fantastic station and incredible audience. And, uh, Tommy, appreciate you making it all sound good over there. Now, we were talking about the sexy issues of the day versus the ones that are just not, that we care about, and that in our souls we know are important to our country, like the economy, like the environment, like the Middle East, the border, Iran. All these issues, they're really important. They poll. The border issues specifically polls well. But it's not nearly as interesting as other issues. And our president, doesn't our president kind of reflect how we kind of are? I mean, it's a president who's not that engaging. He has that, you know, anger, the same kind of anger you see at an uncle at Thanksgiving that gets a little ticked off when the potatoes don't get passed in time. He has that kind of disdain, you know, and, and it, but he never comes, the, the passion always seems acted. The, the crisis that he's addressing is usually Donald Trump more than anything else. He's been on vacation over 400 days in less than four years. So this isn't a president that's that engaged. The James O'Keefe video from yesterday, uh, James O'Keefe, formerly of Project Veritas, he's someone who loves to do these kind of gotcha videos. And, and I'll have to give him credit for this. He, he, there's almost not a bridge too far he'll go. So he pretended to be, I guess, a, a gay political type. And he gets ends up getting a date with, or at least a, a meeting with, a White House, uh, someone in the Biden administration. And it's all on camera. So he records it all. And this individual admits that they don't have any, you know, that Biden is mentally in decline. They know it. Everyone inside the White House knows it. And that they wish they could dump Kamala, but they can't because she's black. They, their words, not mine. This is in the video. James O'Keefe getting wildly panned for how dare you do this? But then that presents the White House can't fire the guy because he's gay, maybe. I, it's just a mess. And that is more interesting in many ways than the reality, which is, yes, we have a president that we we have some concerns about. Now, whether you like Trump or you like Haley or whether you, you know, whatever it is, you, from a candidate standpoint, this is a serious problem. But but it almost makes you think, wow, what if it was kind of a weekend at Bernie presidency? And it kind of is. We have all these people around the president, a lot of them young staffers that are calling the shots. You can read Biden's Twitter feed at POTUS, president of the United States, POTUS, at POTUS. You can read them and you know that an 81, an octogenarian is not writing that. And so when you go through them, you read them, it's staffers, it's, it's staffers and there's a lot of naivete. There's a lot of apparently young inexperienced people around the president that are doing things that are handling things. Jill Biden, I guess, is handling his public appearances. And then you've got John Kirby and Karine Jean-Pierre. That, that Jean-Pierre has that blinky deer in headlights on every issue. If she's not reading the answer, she's very much out of her depth. And you have to wonder, most powerful country on the planet, that's, that's us? Because our foreign adversaries certainly don't see it that way. They, they recognize that we have the capacity to mess things up. But I don't think they feel the might of America out there. And, and I'm not a warmonger. I'm not a hawk by any stretch. I don't think I'm wanting to go out and create wars. I just remember that the Democrats saying that if Donald Trump got elected in 2016, we would have all these global conflicts. They never happened. They didn't happen. We were going to have this war on Islam. It didn't happen. But the other thing that didn't happen is we weren't being roundly attacked regularly. Not in this way. Not even close. It was a far more peaceful plan. It was a far more, and it was because the projection of American strength vis-a-vis -vis the White House and who was in it and the people that surrounded him, they knew if they crossed the, I mean, he stood up to his allies in NATO. 
He stood up to the Mexican. He stood up and said, you need to pull your fair share. He put the UN on notice. So if he would put his friends on notice, imagine what he would have done as the military commander of the United States if you messed with us, if you messed with our commerce and trade, if you attacked our colleagues, our friends, if you held American hostages. We're in day one, 18, 19, with American hostages from the Hamas invasion of Israel. Our president doesn't even get discussed. The media gives it a pass. So as I was looking at this, and I was reflecting on the border issue, I tell you what, we'll get to it on the other side of the break, but I was particularly struck by the border issue and how when Donald Trump said he was going to build a wall, a lot of people made fun of the wall. I, I remember that during the campaign in 2016. He can't build a wall. It'd be expensive. It's 1,000, 15,000, 2,000 miles long. You can't do that. And he started. He didn't get as, nearly as much of it done as he would like to. And there's a lot of it sitting in the desert just rusting. But it was funny that no one doubted that he would at least try, and he did. And also, nobody doubted that he as commander-in-chief would make it more difficult to cross the U.S. border illegally. No one, the media didn't doubt that. If anything, they accused him of going too far. They talked about, you know, kids in cages, which was really an Obama era thing. The, the number of people that, that absolutely believe that Trump would, could mess, you know, stop people from coming across the border. Now, what's really fascinating is that Biden's in charge and the media actually is giving him a pass. There, there's num- there are numerous articles. And when I say no, I mean a bunch that say, can Biden, does he have the power to do this? Could he? They question, because the Biden administration's put it out that we can't do anything about it. We can, we, Congress needs that. It's an issue that's polling horrifically for Democrats. It's, it's, a, it's a titanic size iceberg gash in the hull, taking on water. They're leaking. They're going down. Cooper, uh, Josh Stein, all of them are praying and hoping that this issue goes away or solves itself. And at the same time, acting like they're trying to push it and blame Congress. And Biden said, look, if they'll give me the power, I'll do it. I can do it. I could do it if, if, if. But the media completely bought into that Donald Trump could do it, but they're giving Biden a pass in some ways. But now the Democrats are not. He is the supreme commander of the United States, the executive branch that should enforce and take care of the border. Not Pete Callender show. My voice sounds different, doesn't it? It's amazing. Anyway, this is Chad Adams. I'm sitting in for Pete. He'll be back on Monday. Just had to have a, a, a small procedure done, remove a painful cyst. He did. I, not sexy or fun to talk about, but he asked that I pass it along. He is fine. And so you have me for another two plus hours of broadcast excellence before we get on to the rest of the WBT, the most powerful station in the state. If you would like to, and by the way, having been around in and around talk radio for the past 20, 25 years or so, it, it's really neat to see WBT, a station like BT that has stuck with it, persisted through difficult times because there was a massive push to quash all kinds of talk radio stations across the state. They did a good job of getting rid of most of them and, and not just getting rid of them, but some, some of them they pushed conservative talk out to make it more fair. And, and every time that's been done, it dies. In other words, once a station goes down that path, it just never does regain any steam. It doesn't, it is just a format that works for discussion. Talk radio is timely and topical. It is something that you you can't just sit there and play reruns all day long. And, and that is why the the station, a station like WBT, does so well. 
You know, the, the, the community knows that the community is involved with it. It has listeners, the callers to the show across the spectrum, left, right, center, that get into the discussion. The, the hosts are engaging and interesting, and that's why the formula works. And, and it's a pleasure to be a part of it. Now, again, if you want to get in on that conversation, it's 704-570-1110, 704-570-1110, News Talk 1110-993-WBT. Now, before we went to the break, we were talking about the situation of the border, not, I'm not going to bore you to death with it. The point being is that the situation in Texas is it's not going away. It is, it has become, and, and, and I, I hate to compare it to the Alamo, but what I like about the Texas situation is that here is a state, it, our governor, by the way, Roy Cooper and our attorney general, they are more interested in virtue signaling. But you have to wonder if the state of North Carolina was being invaded if there was a Cuban boat lift coming into Wilmington or, you know, invade, just coming up the Cape Fear River and there were tens of thousands of Cuban refugees and possibly, you know, Venezuelans and others mixed in, would Governor Cooper and would Josh Stein act? Because right now the same thing, tens of thousands of people are coming into North Carolina from the southern border. We've got a fentanyl. I, I just did a cursory check while we were in the break. And I just did a check on fentanyl deaths, and I'm looking through, and it's uh, news story after news story. Chowan deputies, Edenton police warned of potentially dangerous suspected fentanyl. Uh, Charlotte Observer from September, everything is laced, fentanyl crisis killing teens. Uh, fentanyl deaths, ABC 11, Raleigh, Durham, uh, fentanyl deaths, moms who lost children to fentanyl-related deaths sound alarm amid crisis in North Carolina. Uh, you know, All across North Carolina, there's hundreds of fentanyl deaths. And our attorney general is more obsessed with an abortion pill than he is the deaths of teenagers. Our, our governor, you can go through their Twitter feeds. Go through what they are writing and what they are talking about. They are ignoring this issue and crisis. They're stay, and you have to wonder why. Well, you know why. This is politics. It's a partisan. It's a, but they, there's no reason. This is one issue that you would think that we would all be on the same page. We would all, across the political spectrum, say, you know, the sovereignty of the country is important. You know, after Hamas attacked Israel, that country united very quickly. After our towers fell, our country united very quickly. Now, knee-jerk reactions aren't the greatest things, and some of the stuff we did, I just, the weapons of mass destruction in Iraq, one of the greatest shifts ever. But we... We're united in repelling attacks on our country, and we really haven't had one since. But now we've opened up our border, and the people that want to do us harm, there's 50 times as many than flew those planes. There's so many more. Now, why the issue is, is interesting to me is because Texas decided, you know what? If the federal government is going to abandon us, if this president and the executive branch of government and Alejandro Mayorkas is going to abandon us, we are going to take matters into our own hands. We are not going to sit idly by and let this continue. And not only that, those that are flooding into our state, we're going to send them. There are cities in this country that want them. We're going to send it to Denver and Chicago and Detroit and New York. We're going to send them to the cities that are sanctuary cities where they are protected and that those cities will protect them. And it's overrun those cities, and those cities have all admitted, just, to, just about all of them, have admitted what a horrific situation. That sanctuary city status sounds good. Does not work. Absolute epic failure. Hasn't worked. Won't work. Not going to work. So, but Texas decided we're going to defend it. And, it. and the Supreme Court ultimately got involved and said that Texas cannot prevent 
the national folks with Border Patrol to cut through the razor wire and assist Mexicans getting into Texas. But you know what? They haven't done it. Biden's team, Biden, hasn't cut through the Texas park, hasn't started assisting. And as a result of that, border crossings are down, not just down, they're down in an unprecedented way. I was reading through the numbers and it was unbelievable. So uh, per Customs and Border Patrol sources, uh, uh, 32,809 illegal immigrants over the last week in January. And 71% were in Arizona and, and California. Notably, the numbers in Texas Del Rio sector, my former home, which includes Eagle Pass, have fallen off a cliff. They were three and 4,000 a day over the last week, down to 200. So what Texas is doing is working. What Josh Stein and Governor Cooper have done, ignoring it, 25 other governors have said, you know what, we need to defend, we've got to stop this. But our governor and our attorney general have done nothing. They have sat idly by and done nothing while Josh Stein poses with a cow that he pets to try to tell you he's from North Carolina and can connect to you. Meanwhile, Republicans are screaming. Even Democrats are upset about this. If you look at the Democrats in South Texas, they're screaming about this. They can't believe they've been abandoned this badly. But I'm just amazed when it dropped off from three to 4,000 a day in Texas to 200. Now, 72% over the last week have come into Arizona and California. In other words, the entire... Now, the Biden administration will try to tell you they're taking credit for that by shifting. By, by they, sent, uh, they sent Blinken down there to Mexico, and so Mexico's enforcing the border in Texas, but why not California? You are familiar. It's Groundhog Day. An odd day. Great movie. Weird day. Strange, strange thing that we, you know, it's part of our lexicon here in, in, in the U.S. of A. But Punxsutawney Phil, not to be outdone, you know, when, when the when the Pennsylvanian, Pennsylvania Dutch and everything came from a German, uh, it was a German badger. They had a badger situation, but I guess they didn't have a badger, so they used a groundhog, kept it going. Now it's a big chindig. And not to be outdone, so the folks in central North Carolina, in Garner, just south of Raleigh, they have snurred. Who comes up with that name? At least Puxatawney Phil's a cool name. Snurd? Snurd the, ga- the Garner Groundhog? Who agrees, by the way, with his buddy Phil, I guess. I I know we have groundhogs up toward, you know, the, I guess Greensboro, Charlotte area has some groundhogs. I know they have them in Greensboro. But but Snurd the Garner Groundhog? I hadn't seen a groundhog in that part of the state. Maybe it is. Yeah, my uh, my great my grandparents, um, I, I'm from, uh, like, the Kernersville area, which is near Greensboro. And yeah. um, my grandfather, the only thing I ever got him see upset about, uh, nature-wise, was the dang groundhogs that lived under their shed that would eat uh, <laughs> eat the vegetables out of their garden. The only thing I, that I got him see them. riled up about was those things going and you know taking his taking his food. I actually had seen them off of uh, several exit ramps on forty going through Greensboro, and I knew that they're that area. I just didn't know how far south and east they went you get up into virginia that are everywhere you get into massanutton or that area is thousands of them it seems like they're just they're almost like don't even care you're hanging around but i just was surprised that that raleigh which is much further east than greensboro i didn't know that they had them i knew they had skunks up that way i will but, also and not just the ones in office so <laughs> i will also say i do seem to remember i went to school at chapel hill um and there were a couple uh little you know creek areas with a bunch of you know um Places critters. for groundhog critters to live, and we—I do remember seeing a couple groundhogs around Chapel Hill. So that's not too far away from Garner. See, and I spent a lot of time just south of there in Lee County, Sanford, where I was a commissioner for a while and years growing up. I, and deer, wild turkey, 
but no, no groundhogs. No, even chip, and Greensboro had chipmunks. We didn't even have chipmunks in Sanford. So, anyway, uh, very interesting. So, I just want to let you know, Snurd, the Garner groundhog, uh, agreed that you know winter's over. I can't wait till about two weeks when when everyone's flipping out how cold it's going to be. Thanks, <laughs> that damn groundhogs. Those damn groundhogs. We'll can't do something them. with them. We're gonna find them. You can't trust so, them. Can't trust them. You can't. So Bill Murray said, "You can't trust. We gotta. We gotta stop the groundhogs. Don't remember the line. Don't drive angry. Never drive angry. I still. Every time I hear that line, it's like I picture Bill Murray with the groundhog going. Now, uh, I did want to keep following up a little bit. It's not as funny, but the situation that broke just shortly ago. This is now about six minutes old. The New York Post has it out. You're gonna. Many of you've heard about the three Kansas City Chief fans. It's this really freaky story where they're watching the Kansas City game. I don't know what happens. We don't really know what happens except the guy's house. I guess he went to bed, and then his buddies went home. And then two days later, they find the three buddies uh, frozen to death in the backyard. One of them was sitting in a chair. Three of his buddies, people sickles. They're completely frozen. I mean, it's like the episode of True Detective or something. There are three of them. They're frozen to death in his yard. No one knows where to find them for two days. So everyone knows their their, their relatives like, where's our buddy? Where's our friend? They couldn't find him. And then, uh, so here's what's happened. So there's the toxicology reports have come out. And it's, you're not going to be surprised. Now, you may be, I don't know. We still don't know what happened. We don't know what they did. But here's what we do know. The ones that were found frozen, I like this. They were found frozen and dead. <laughs> Can you imagine? You're, you've been found frozen, but you're alive. No, they're frozen and dead. I love the love the way the, the lines are written. They're frozen and dead in a friend's yard. They found cocaine. They found THC. But here's the real killer. They found three times the amount of uh, the amount of fentanyl that's enough to kill, which doesn't take a lot of fentanyl. So what you don't know is, did they know what they obviously, you know, were doing illicit substances, but did they know they had either the cocaine was laced with it or the tea or the pot was laced with it or the edible or whatever it was that they, however they got the drugs in their system. That's the, the, the roulette wheel of fentanyl is you just don't know. And so much of the illicit substances are laced with it and it takes so little to kill you. But so now we know those three, you know, and so when, when you see this fentanyl crisis stuff, it's not just teenagers. It's people from all walks of life. These guys were like in their thirties. They went to see a game. They have families. They're dead. Just, just, oh, and frozen. And I wasn't trying to make light of saying they're dead and frozen. It's just a weird way to write the, the, the words out. But, but again, THC, cocaine, and three times the amount of fentanyl that's enough to kill, according to reports. And, so that investigation will continue, Ed. And, and, and again, in our state, this happens. Uh, not the people sickle part, but the people dying of fentanyl overdoses all the time. It's a direct correlation between that and what's happening at the border. When you have a porous border bringing illicit substances across the disease of the cartels. And I am, I am one individual that is absolutely and has been for 20 years fascinated with drug cartels. And people say, oh, if I ever ran for office, oh, Chad loves drug cartels. No, I'm fascinated with the industry because these are the, these are individuals and groups and organizations that are not afraid of the entirety of a given country's government. They do not fear 
anything. They do not fear killing. I mean, I was amazed when you would read about El Chapo building tunnels under the U.S. border, and then he would kill the people who built the tunnels so that only he would know where the tunnel was. This kind of ruthlessness that these organizations have, Griselda Blanco or, or Pablo Escobar, the, the Cali guys, it's just a ruthlessness. And and getting their drugs into the country, but then when you can't get certain drugs, you'd lace it with fentanyl to bump up the high. And, you know, if people die, they die. There, there's not a care in the world. And our country, that's why this should be a sexier topic. This should be a far more fascinating and serious topic because it's here in North Carolina. Our governor can ignore it. Our attorney general can ignore it. They can act like it doesn't exist, but it's killing our kids. It's killing adults. It's killing people. And it's not just Mexicans coming across the border. It's not just Venezuelans. I, I was astounded when I was reading, and I probably don't have access to it right now, but I was astounded when we were talking, not we, but when they were going through and they found someone who'd been on the terror watch list that had been in the nation for a year before they caught up with him. It was a known terrorist, a known individual that wished to do harm to the American public. And he was here for a year. And, and, by, and, and you know this. Here's the other reality. And I'm not trying to make you afraid. There's plenty to be fearful of. There's plenty to be, plenty to be excited about. There's plenty to be grateful for. But the price of the freedoms that we appreciate is to, for all of us to be involved. We all, it, it's kind of like when you're 20 and you come get out and you get your first job. A lot of people won't start their own companies because they're afraid of government compliance, bureaucracy. There's the, the, the fear. I used to interview people about why they didn't start their own companies. And it was a fear of bureaucracy and not knowing enough. Not knowing they knew the subject matter they wanted to do, whether it was start a coffee shop or, or start a mechanic shop or do something. But they were afraid they would not be in compliance. But it's it's so interesting when they would go and work for somebody. A lot of people don't realize that it's not just that they go to a job and they earn a paycheck and they go home. But it matters that they contribute to that company for its success. We'll talk about success of Amazon later. But you also contribute to the success of this nation by caring and getting involved. Much more as always to go. Chad Adams, your guest host, sitting in for Pete Callender here at WBT. Second hour getting ready to be underway. Stay tuned. We'll be right back after this. 